I'm Leslie. And I'm Amber. And you're listening to The The Grim Grim Mystics. my part (laughs) (laughs) it was flawless (laughs) can you please keep that pause in (laughs) sure yeah (laughs) when you edit so we can keep this in (laughs) yes yeah oh man hello friends it's been a hot minute (laughs) new year same us so (laughs) (laughs) no changes And we're not going to discuss the fact that it took us an hour to uh, get things going, but, you know, it's fine. You know, okay, we can officially say, because we are no longer using the platform, Squadcast sucks. (laughs) Yeah, it's awful. It is. And if there is anyone out there thinking about starting a podcast, save your money. Don't use Squadcast. (laughs) Thanks for coming to our TED Talk. So we are officially trying our new thing where we are on Zoom, still not on video because that was causing glitches. It's fine. And we are recording through our editing program. You know what? <laughs> it's all it's all a learning curve. We're, how many episodes are we going to say? We're still learning. It's There's still a learning curve. <laughs> right. I think at least 50. Exactly. I mean, we're not there yet. We got time. <laughs> Well, and last episode sounded a little different. So Leslie and I took a break. Um, I was not feeling super well for a little bit and you were not feeling super well. So we just decided instead of trying to, yeah, instead of trying to get through everything, we were just going to take a break until we started to feel better. (laughs) Because we're our own bosses and we can do that. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And we hope the people listening love us enough to wait for us to come back. And you know what? Even if we're the only ones that like acknowledge this, that's fine too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> so, oh my God, I feel like we haven't done this in forever, which we haven't. <laughs> I know. I opened up the editing program and it felt like it was like, really? <laughs> right. It was like, oh my God, we're doing this? <laughs> we're using me today? <laughs> <laughs> Well, Leslie, it is officially your story as well. So we're just going to keep rolling and do our alternating like we have. We're keeping our schedule the same for right now. So you'll get an episode every two weeks. So two a month. And yeah, we're back. (laughs) We're back. I mean, should we just say this is like season two? Sure. (laughs) Since that's an option. (laughs) Season two, everybody. Um, We originally never thought about having different seasons, but we can start with season two. (laughs) Basically, when we just get like so burned out and or super ill, we're just going to be like, we're going to take a month break and then season three. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, And if we someday, hopefully we'll be able to plan this a little bit more. But right now we both have the personalities of work until we 
physically can't. <laughs> so, Until we're dead. Yeah. So we just decide to take a break after we call each other crying. <laughs> it's fine. It's our, it, that's how we thrive. That works for yes. us. Okay. Exactly. So you will never know when the breaks are coming. <laughs> but the fun part is, is neither do we. <laughs> Well, Leslie, do you want to just jump right in since we kind of told everyone the business and we'll go from there? Yes. Okay. The business. The business is done. The business. So you told me that our location was Bura, Kentucky? Close. Berea. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry, Kentucky. (laughs) I'm not. (laughs) All right. Berea. Kentucky. <laughs> what happened there, Leslie? <laughs> um, so today, Amber, we're talking about the unsolved case of Brooklyn Farthing. Oh, I've never heard of her. So we're going to do sources first. And Amber, side note a little bit, but mm-hmm. also relevant. Are you aware of the um, the whole issue with the podcast drama right now for plagiarism? Are you in the know in regards to that situation? <laughs> You know, I should be because I have a podcast with you, but I'm not. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, I won't drop names, but there is a very famous podcast and they have gotten in trouble in the past for plagiarism and <gasps> they just got in trouble again for plagiarism. So I just want to really put our sources out there. I think I might even put it in the podcast notes like for the episodes. I don't know how you feel about that, but so Oh. Just so we make sure that we cite our sources and that I, you know, I I don't want to take credit for anybody's hard work. So I agree. That's definitely something we should start adding to the notes that nobody reads. Hey, maybe they will. Maybe there will be like a surprise. For all you know, it could be like go to this location for $3 million. So you better read those notes, okay? Yeah. Well, friends, I am actually planning a surprise. And what we're talking about with notes is the description of the podcast. So I am planning a surprise for one of them. Eventually. Eventually. We don't know which one. So you'll just have to read all of our notes. (laughs) Read (laughs) them. So anyway, back on the sources kick. Uh, (laughs) uh, My sources for this... There is a Facebook group called Find Brook Farthing. And so there's a lot of information on that. And that's run by Brooklyn's family. There's also a website, findbrookfarthing.com. And then I listened to a few podcasts. Um, the Vanished podcast has an episode on Brook, True Crime All the Time, Unsolved podcast, True Crime cast. There's one called Witches, Magic, Murder, and Mystery Podcast. They were super cute. Loved them. That sounds fun. Yeah, loved them a lot. Definitely up the same vibe that we have. So if you're interested in us, go check them out. They're super good. Oh, I will. Um, The last one was a YouTube channel. Um, Her name is Danielle Hallen, and she had a ton, like a super great video on Brooklyn's case that was really helpful for me. Nice. So now my sources have been cited. Nobody come for me. (laughs) And they will be in the notes when Leslie posts this podcast. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So are you ready? Do you have a drink? It's, you know, 814 in the morning. So do you got some water? Are you hydrated? (laughs) I got some water. Hydrate till I dehydrate. I'm ready. Perfect. So again, we're talking about the um, unsolved case of Brooklyn Farthing. So Brooke was born on August 26th, 1994 in Berea, Kentucky. 
And I guess actually hold the brakes. Skirt, skirt. Do you remember the the clue from last week? Well, from like six months ago from the last episode. <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, you I don't remember something from yesterday. <laughs> so we're we're fishing. <laughs> well, the clue was like Oh, did I forget to tell you about the couch? The couch. Yes, the couch. So just keep that in mind. Okay. Think about the couch. All right. So our time frame is 2013. So this is fairly recent. And Brooke had just graduated from Madison Southern High School. She lived with her mother, her stepfather, and then her two sisters, Paige and Tasha. And in regards to the family, it just sounded like they were really close and tight and didn't keep a lot of secrets between them. Brooke loved hunting and fishing, um, as well as makeup and getting dressed up. And by dressed up, I mean, like, putting on a ton of makeup and straightening your hair. Amber, you and me, you know, we were adolescents in 2013. We know that life. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, The fact that I used to literally wake up at, like, 5.30, 6 a.m. before high school every morning to put a face on and straighten some hair, like, dedication that I don't have anymore. Ain't nobody got time for that. (laughs) No. And her family says that Brooke baking brownies for her family. Her sister Tasha was quoted to say, quote, Brooke was a spunky, tell you how it is, lovable person. She loved animals and the outdoors. She was a true girly girl who loved pink and camouflage. Oh, my God. She's like describing like my former personality before I got a little more witchy. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes, that's exactly. I was like, this is so 2013 me. Like yeah. pink camouflage. Mm-hmm. Like that was so, yeah. I And, you know, you and I are so similar. Yeah. Like I feel like I can totally relate to Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Yep. I had the pink camo gun that I like had to have. Yes. And my now husband, he was my boyfriend then, but my husband got me one and he, I actually didn't enjoy the gun. I just enjoyed the pink camo. And so he took it and um, <laughs> it changed the color so that it wasn't pink anymore. <laughs> oh, so now he has it? <laughs> he has it, but it's all black that he painted all of the parts. So it, it's not pink camo anymore. But I still have my pink camo archery bow that I love. So I guess there's, there's still little pieces in there. Yeah, exactly. And tell Karkathy to embrace the pink because I mean, what are color norms? Okay. I <laughs> I tried. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's more worried about what other gentlemen or other women might say to him um, at the gun range. So, <laughs> Craig, fuck everybody else, okay? No one else's opinion matters. Exactly. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Sorry, you're not even here, Craig, and I'm like lecturing. Usually Craig is in the room. <laughs> yeah, he he's uh gonna run to the store today because it's Super Bowl Sunday and we are going to get appetizers for shout out Shelly and Scott's house because Shelly is listening to the pod, so she'll get this eventually. Don't worry, friends, the shout outs will never stop. <laughs> yeah, you tell us you listen to the podcast and you're gonna end up on here eventually. <laughs> That's just because we love you guys. You're a part of our little, you know, crew, our friendship. Yeah, we're stoked whenever anyone tells us they listen. We're like, oh, yeah, it's not just you and me. (laughs) It's not just our moms and like a small (laughs) handful of people. Exactly. (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) All right, back to Brooke and her camo. Okay. 
Here we are. So um, we're talking about Friday, June 21st, 2013. Brooke and her sister Paige uh, went to take their driving tests. Brooke passed, but Paige did not. Oh. Like, so sad. Do you remember that we took our driving test together and <laughs> we both just... failed our first time? <laughs> I was just about to say that. Now, to be clear, we did not fail the driving portion. Correct. We failed the test portion. Correct. <laughs> both of us passed our driving portions the first time. However, test anxiety is real. So real. And I remember sitting out in the parking lot... The second time with your mom and she, we got there er, like really early mm-hmm. and she quizzed us mm-hmm. and she's a former teacher. So the quiz was real. It was <laughs> the hardest quiz. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I mean, but it was like, I, I took it seriously because your mom has that like teacher like sternness when yes. she's quizzing people. <laughs> she gets the look for sure. Yeah. So yes. Oh my God. We're just like parallel with Brooke and Paige. <laughs> I know. I'm like researching this and like, I'm like, oh my God, I can relate to all of this stuff. It's just crazy. Um, I know. So yeah, Brooke passed, Paige did not. And Tasha, the oldest sister, recalls that they came by for like lunch to tell everybody about the test. And everybody was like giving Paige shit. They were all like teasing her and giving her a hard time. Um, But Tasha Mm -hmm. said that Brooke didn't and like tried not to discourage her, which I think is so sweet. That is sweet. Like as a sister, don't you expect her to like give her a little bit of grief, right? I mean, yeah, I give my brother's griefs. That's what I've learned as someone with no siblings and I've married into many siblings. Mm-hmm. That's what I've learned is like love language of siblings is like really just giving each other shit. <laughs> yes. So yeah, so Brooke was just like super nice to her and didn't like make fun of her or anything. And so then the girls left and their stepdad's Ford Ranger, which I put in, I literally put in that it was a Ford Ranger. Have you watched that TikTok of the Ra- the Ford Ranger guy, Amber? Mm. No, there's a Ford Ranger guy. Oh, then this whole thing won't make any sense. But I had to put it in because there's like this Ford Ranger song from this dude on TikTok. And so after I researched this, I had Ford Ranger, that fucking song stuck in my head. But if you don't know, if you don't know it, then I'm not going to waste any more time on it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll look it up after. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I mean, it's super irrelevant. It has literally nothing to do with this case, but... That audio is just stuck in my head. (laughs) Well, if you want to experience what Leslie experienced, you will go listen to that song after this podcast and you and Leslie will be identical. (laughs) And then every time you see a Ford Ranger, you'll sing the Ford Ranger song. (laughs) Exactly. So it was Friday night and the girls had plans, obviously. They went to their Papa Kenny's 70th birthday party, which I, Papa Kenny, love that. That's cute. And they said that actually Papa Kenny had some health issues. So this was like the first time in a long time that the whole family got to get together and see him. Um, And then in hindsight, because this was the night that Brooklyn disappeared, her family has said how grateful they are that they had that birthday party with her and they got to experience the whole family with, you know, Papa Kenny. It's just, there's so many situations in this story that you're going to be like, oh my God, it's, it just tugs at the heartstrings. Oh, that's so, it's like so sweet, but so sad at the same time. I know, I know. So they went to the birthday party and then afterwards, Brooke and Paige and then their cousin, who I don't have a name for, um, but they went They planned to go to a friend's birthday party at a house located on Red Lick Road. I put Red Lick Road. 
the correlation geograph like geographically is that the right word Ooh, good job that was a ten dollar word yeah woo um <laughs> so <laughs> I, I put in the the street names because you can track it you know um geographically there we go again money money um and (laughs) (laughs) they're like they're close to they're close enough because this town is pretty small it reminds me a lot of birthed amber oh okay so and and the the birthed that you and i know so super small everybody knows everybody these kids are all 18 so you can imagine that the culture (laughs) everybody talks about everybody and Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, no hate on Berthoud, but it's like what you experienced when you went there for one year for high school. Yeah, exactly. Right. And and you say no hate. You, we can give hate. That was a rough fucking year, okay? <laughs> well, <laughs> it it was a bad year. Um, but but like you were also not born in Berthoud, so there was kind of a little bit of like a mysterious outsider that kind of came with that and unfortunately with some small towns like that mysterious outsiders are not met with kindness from everybody yep like you just nailed it that was exactly what it was and that's kind of you get that vibe from the story too um Mm. yeah God, that fucking that year was so hard. If you guys think that I'm socially awkward now, imagine me <laughs> at 14. <laughs> well, I mean, you were also put in scenarios that I think anyone would be awkward in, like boys having bets True. on who could take you to homecoming first because you were new. True. True. So, and then telling you about it at the homecoming dance. <laughs> like <laughs> trauma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I didn't even go there and I was awkward around the people that you introduced me to from Berthoud. So. <laughs> oh my God. I know. I feel like I just went through a therapy session. That was a rough year. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Anyways, so back to Brooke. Um, so it's Friday night. They're going out. Red Lake Road. Um, it sounds like most of the people at this party were Brooke's age or older um, because it was mostly her friends. Mm. And so since her sister and cousin were younger than Brooke, I'm assuming they were like, this is stupid. I don't know any of these people. And they decided to leave together earlier than Brooke did. Oh. Now, as a woman, I know we don't leave our girls at parties, right? No, That's like don't. girl rule number one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We learned that young, too. Like, that is something that yes. you like. You l- learned that very young. I remember um, when we went to that uh that gathering uh-huh that gathering <laughs> and mm-hmm. we had a friend who left to go hang out with her boyfriend and then we were left with a bunch of strangers and the gatherings um older woman that was there was very pissed that that person mm-hmm. left and actually sweetly took us under her wing and made sure that we were safe while we were there alone yeah and so like i'm by no means like shaming um Paige and her cousin but like mm-hmm. we just don't leave our friends okay like if you didn't know that before now you know that now and it's all hindsight 2020 of course for these girls of course but mm-hmm. if you're listening just put that little you know knowledge in your back pocket like oh i can't leave my girls plain and simple and it doesn't have an age limit either like even right now exactly i wouldn't feel comfortable with that like 
I'm still one of those where if I drop you off at your house, I wait outside until you go inside. Like, Mm -hmm. you just got to protect your people. And that means being aware and taking the couple minutes to survey things, too. Exactly. You nailed it. But in their defense, Brooklyn did bring an overnight bag because she was supposed to spend the night at a friend's house. However, all we know for sure is that she and this friend got into an argument at that party. Um, Brooke's mom thinks it may have been over a boy. I've also read that her friend wanted to spend the night at her boyfriend's house. And so either way, regardless of what happened, Brooke and this friend were separated. Oh, well, that's not good on the friend's behalf. Again, 2020, but it's not good on the friend's behalf either. That's not good. Well, and it's just like what you said just now at that one at that gathering like our friend who knew everybody left to go hang out with her boyfriend mm-hmm. you know when you're 18 like that that doesn't seem like a big deal and of course you want to go hang out with your boyfriend of course like that's yeah. totally normal but if like you bring a friend to a party you got to f- follow through with that and make sure that they're safe yeah. and, and comfortable because like we didn't know anybody at no. that party well and we at where we were at that gathering was you know considered safe to our friend and their the boyfriend however that doesn't mean that it was for us yeah those people owed us nothing yeah so luckily you know overall it was an a nice experience but we were still left alone and didn't know people and yeah like well Looking back on it, it's just <laughs> some of the crap you do when you're 18 is terrifying. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And you're like, why Why did I do that? I well, know. It was such a bad choice. But. My brain goes to like, I'm very lucky I'm not dead. <laughs> oh, I don't think that we were in that much of danger. However, I think that much of danger could have changed really quickly. Do you know what yes. I'm saying? And I'm not saying like, that scenario. I just overall looking back on my mm-hmm. life and what I did as a young something versus what I would do now as an almost 30 something. Like I'm very lucky that the people that I've met <laughs> and done those silly things with have not had bad intentions as well. Exactly. And mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's just something about growing up and evolving as a person is when you look back and you're like, oh my God, what <laughs> was I thinking? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that just shows that you're growing as a human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that I'm aware that things are not as safe as I thought they were when I was 18. <laughs> yeah. PSA, the world sucks. <laughs> Trust no one. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, Brooke's alone at this party. Um, and it sounds like she was trying to find a ride home. It doesn't sound like she was drinking, but she didn't have a car. And her sister and her cousin, you know, they took off, I'm assuming, with the only vehicle that she had. Goodness gracious. So she's looking for a ride home. And she connects with an acquaintance of hers that she knows through her ex-boyfriend, Jared. And I say acquaintance because it sounds like they really didn't know each other at all other than, hey, don't you know Jared? Oh, yeah, me too. Like, that's what it sounds like. Mm. So for the sake of not getting sued, <laughs> um, I'm going to call this person Jay. Okay. If you really want to know this person's name, it's a real quick Google search. Mm-hmm. It's not hard to find. And when you do that Google search, have the word allegedly in your head. <laughs> allegedly, yeah. <laughs> I'm not a reporter. I just found this shit and now I'm retelling it to you. All right. So don't come for me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And so Jay had his vehicle at at this party, but it sounds like maybe he was a little too drunk to drive, 
which is like that's good yeah definitely don't drink and drive that's not Mm. safe and he was with another kid that brooklyn seemed to know pretty well so the three of them decided that brooklyn would drive jay's car and they would drop off the friend and then once he was dropped off she would head home um and it sounds like jay was like oh i'll feel comfortable to drive at that point you know i won't be too drunk at at then Mm. young person logic yep (laughs) of course well and he was older i will say um brooklyn was 18 he was 23 at the time oh so yeah psa to 23 year old humans you do not need to hang out with 18 year old humans like no actually i need to tread lightly (laughs) my husband and i met i was 19 when i was i was 19 and my husband was 23 so (laughs) well and in some situations it works but however Mm -hmm. like for the most part an 18 year old and a 23 year old should be Mm -hmm. at different stages in their life and not have much in common you know like on average yeah, luckily, when my husband and I met, I had already had, you know, a little bit of college under my belt. I had lived away from home. Mm-hmm. Like, there are circumstances mm-hmm. where things do work. And now, like, yes. looking like looking at our age difference now versus back then, it's different. But I, it was still brought up and talked about when I was 19. Right. So I shouldn't say, like, absolutes never work. But really, if you're the younger person, evaluate why this person is spending time with you yes i agree because if it's for getting to know you and you guys do have things in common awesome if it's meeting a acquaintance at a party and it's a 23 year old hanging out at a high school party might be a little different and that's a great thing to say like why is this person hanging out with a bunch of 18 year olds like kids who just graduated high school yeah because i met my husband at a party but i was the youngest one there so everyone else was older than me (laughs) so Uh i was the outsider in the party but if you have an older person hanging out with a bunch of younger people that's what you should be evaluating with that person amber for the win you're so smart (laughs) i'm gonna someone's gonna hear this and be like what the fuck But I mean, it's true. Like, and it's mostly the high school thing. Like these people are in high school. There doesn't need to be a 23 year old hanging around. I always thought it was weird when we were in high school and 23 year olds were hanging around. Like, again, you should be at a different stage in your life. You should like have a job and not worry about who's having a party on Friday night, you know? So according to Jay, um, Brooklyn didn't want to go home after dropping off their friend like they originally planned. And Jay said um, that he was working on a farm with some horses. And so either they were too drunk to drive home or they just decided, I don't know, either way, according to Jay, they decided to stay at the farm and ride some horses for a little bit. I'm too drunk to drive, but I'm not drunk enough to get on a horse. Solid. (laughs) Solid logic. (laughs) I feel like a horse can weigh as much as a car. (laughs) So (laughs) it's still just as dangerous. (laughs) Well, and it gets worse, Amber. Oh. So they ride horses, and Jay said that once they were finished riding horses at around 4 a.m., Brooklyn um, didn't want to go home, but she agreed to go to Jay's house instead that was nearby. Okay. And this is, I'm sorry, this is all Jay saying this? Jay saying she didn't want to go home? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because uh, we, we lose track of Brooklyn. I mean... We'll find out here in a second, but we can't get her side of the story, unfortunately. So these are just, yeah, these are events told by everyone else. 
However, Jay's a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> well, and like you said, this is, you know, it's still uh, close to us and and a lot of things line up with us. If it's 4 a.m. for me, <laughs> Absolutely I want to get home. Yeah. Yes. Because my parents will be waking up in a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. And you want to be at home and make it at least look like you've been there all night. <laughs> Yeah, like, and if not, then uh, Brooklyn has guts of steel because I would never want to meet the wrath with my parents, and I never had to because I was right <laughs> a very good good kid who didn't want to upset my parents that way. But I was home at least close to when I said I would. I wouldn't say that I you know hit curfew every time, but I definitely was home like when my parents were still awake from the night before. <laughs> right, like definitely at reasonable hours. <laughs> Yeah. Mm -hmm. We were never out at 4 a.m. Even even when I was old enough to be out at 4 a.m., I was never no. out that late. <laughs> no. <laughs> nah. So I don't know. So <laughs> I know this is what Jay says. We don't know anything else. But just thinking as a person who lived in my parents' house, like I wouldn't be so nonchalant of like, yeah, let's go ride these horses and I don't want to go home and it's 4 a.m. Like, no, my parents are waking up soon. Like, I need to get home. Well, and... Brooklyn had plans the next day for the morning, so it really doesn't make any sense that she would want to go. Yeah, like, <laughs> unless, like, she just had a little bit of, you know, memory loss and totally forgot. And this Jay is just so fun and wants, she wants to be around him and not anyone else. No, that's not how that works. Yeah, probably not. Um, <laughs> and, and so Jay's like, yep, let's just go to my house. However, I'm not sure that Jay actually explained what I'm about to tell you to Brooke. Um, but Jay's home was in the process of foreclosure. So there was no running water, no electricity, no power, nothing. It was just like a structure, essentially. Okay. So now it, we're r running with the story again. <laughs> She's a girl who likes to get ready, likes to be put together and presentable. So maybe if she is thinking, I, you know, I just won't go home. I'll just, you know, deal with my parents later. But I have plans in the morning. I packed an overnight bag. She's not going to, and whether she knows or not, that's a different situation too. She could have found out at the moment and when they get there. But if she was going to stay, she would want to get ready. <laughs> exactly. Like I at least need an outlet to plug my straightener in here. Okay. Yeah. Oh my God. My next bullet is literally like, call me a detective, but like, I just don't think Brooke was very comfortable. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I mean, and there's a, there are moments where you're comfortable and then you're not. And they, they switch on a dime. Like you, you can feel fine. And then something in your gut just makes you not feel fine. And being around someone who might not recognize that isn't safe either. No. And, and I guess we should say it's okay to change your mind. It's okay to think that oh, you're yeah. fine and comfortable. It's okay to be like, you know what, actually, on second thought, I don't want to be here. That's totally fine. Yeah. And it's okay as a person on the other end, when someone tells you they're not okay to not take it personally and just know that they are ready. They've reached their limit. And I feel like anybody who isn't comfortable with that, you don't want to be with anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, exactly. Those are the types of people that you don't want to be around because you need to be around people who respect you. But these are words from, again, 28-year-olds. <laughs> Ask us at 18. We probably wouldn't be spitting this beautiful information. It's true. No, you're true. I mean, 
your experiences mold you into the person you are. So we can only say these things because of experiences that we've had, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Experience. We had to we be in those. Have spoken up. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I'm just so hopeful for every generation that comes that that feeling and that um, awareness and co- and that comfor- comfort comfort of <laughs> I can say comfort you're hitting us with ten dollar words I can't even get like quarter words <laughs> but that comfort I, my hope is for every you know generation that that age gets lower and lower and lower because how amazing would it be if a 16 year old felt comfortable and confident enough to say like nope this isn't good I'm done like and it's you can see it kind of happening you know people are getting more comfortable with that and it's so exciting because it took me a long time to be able to speak what I felt and not worry about you know how it might offend someone based on what I'm saying off of a gut feeling Mm -hmm, exactly now we just know that fuck everybody else like it doesn't matter what if I hurt someone's feelings I'm gonna take care of our you know myself ourselves first so Mm -hmm. yeah exactly so the the younger you learn that the safer and the better off you'll be thanks for coming to our TED talk (laughs) we have like three an episode (laughs) hey it's all good information Mm-hmm. We're just we're giving you free free knowledge here. You're welcome. I am super hopeful that there are some younger girls listening to our podcast and that is who I'm speaking to right now. Is anyone who is younger and still learning those because if I can pass that along to someone and they can learn it faster than I did, then it, it's successful. Right. It's a job well done. Mhm. Pats on the back. Pat pat. Okay. <laughs> um <laughs> So it's like 4 a.m. and Brooklyn calls Paige, her sister, and asks if she and her cousin would come pick her up from Jay's house. Paige has said since then that Brooklyn didn't sound, you know, distressed. She didn't sound upset. Um, She just sounded like she was looking for a ride. Mm -hmm. And Paige told Brooke that their cousin had been drinking. And so her cousin couldn't drive. And remember, Paige didn't have her driver's Mm -hmm. license. You know... In hindsight, I'm not really sure that would have stopped me. I think there's maybe more to the story, but yeah, that's besides the point. Because I feel like if my sister needed a ride, even if I didn't have my license, mm-hmm. I probably would go pick her up at four in the morning. I mean, she's done the classes. She just hasn't passed it. So yeah. I, and again, I'm not blaming Paige. No. That's just like something that kind of I thought of when I was reading these. So I mm-hmm. thought I'd throw it in. But yeah. but again, you know, Brooklyn didn't sound upset. So p- p- why would Paige, I guess, risk it, knowingly break the law? Yeah, I guess that's true, too. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe. Yeah, you're right. Maybe if she would have sounded a little distressed, that would have like pushed her. But yeah, if she doesn't sound distressed, then. Hmm. Right. So it's like you just want to come home. I, yeah. But I'm busy. So yeah. sucks to suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and actually Brooke was like, well, that's fine. Jared, my ex will, you know, he's getting off at six because he worked the night shift. And so she's like, he can probably pick me up once he's finished. Oh my, I just would like to say like people being out till 4 a.m. and then being like, well, I haven't slept, but you know, I'll just wait the two hours and have someone else like that. Wow. <laughs> I can't even stay I know, up past I know, like nine. I know. <laughs> 
Especially in a house that doesn't have water. I mean, yeah, maybe you have to pee where you're supposed to pee outside. Yeah. You know, it's just, I don't know. It just sounds weird. Yeah. But it is an unsolved case, so the whole thing is weird. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she calls, you know, Paige, and she's like, it's fine. Jared's going to come pick me up. But, like, just a little bit after she called Paige, she started texting Jared and her friends some messages that were a little concerning. Um she kept asking Jared if there was any way that he could leave work early and come pick her up. And then she started texting her friend saying that she was uncomfortable and freaked out at Jay's house. Hmm. So I wonder if the 4 a.m. call happened before she got to Jay's house. Maybe like they were still maybe in the field or even driving. Yeah. So she's fine now because she spent all this time with Jay and then she gets to the house and is like, holy shit, this is like a run down you know whatever and then she starts to feel uncomfortable that could be it because you know we don't know the timeline so that could actually be that could be it because like you know i'm cool with hanging out with people and then if i get to a place that's under foreclosure it doesn't have running water <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like all of these things then yeah i definitely wouldn't feel super comfortable with that so maybe she was calm when she called her cousin or her sister, and that changed. You might be onto something. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so her friends say that the texts were pretty short worded and coming in at random times. So just like one worded responses, you know, like scared, what the fuck, oh my God, things like that. So then maybe she was trying to not look at her phone a lot to tip someone <gasps> off that she was texting. Yes. Ooh. Ding, ding, ding. That's my next Ooh. statement. Like her, fr- <laughs> her friends said, <laughs> her friend said, like, they got the vibe that she was trying to make it look like she wasn't on her phone. Ooh. Ooh. So the <laughs> second to, <laughs> the second to la- last text sent from Book Brooke's phone, God, I can't talk, was at 426 a.m. to Jared. This text said, please, I'm begging you, get off work. I'm so scared. Oh, my God. 26 minutes after. Okay, that's. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, that's what I was just about to say. 26 minutes is all it took for her to go from I'm cool. I can wait till 6 a.m. to get me the fuck out of here right fucking now. I'm begging you. Yeah, like something, something crazy must have changed dramatically in those 26 minutes. So at 5.45 a.m., Jared receives a text message from Brooke's phone telling him that he didn't need to pick her up because she was going to a party in Rockcastle County, which, according to Google Maps, is about 28 and a half miles apart from the county she was currently in. What? Yeah, so let's just break that down for a second. (laughs) It's almost 5 a.m. and I'm going to go 28 minutes away and I have plans in the morning. So an hour and 45 minutes have passed and she's going from I'm begging you to come get me to, oh, I'm fine. I'm going to this party. (sighs) Not likely. Oh, my God. And like you said, who the fuck is going to a party at 6 a.m.? Yeah. Like, I mean, I know high schoolers sometimes can get a little bit more lit than the rest of us, but... (laughs) (laughs) There are parents. (laughs) Like, what? Yeah, parents usually get up at 6 a.m. if your kids are having ragers the night before, so. (laughs) 
Well, and even like who starts a rager at 6 a.m.? Like someone who someone who needs Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, like, well, and including. OK, so there are different countries where like clubs, you know, like Europe clubs stay open until like yeah. four or five in the morning, but they don't open at 6 a.m. to get rolling like what? Right, like, let's do it all over again. Yeah. No, no one does that. No. And so Jared agreed and he immediately responded and asked whose party it was, who was she going with, you know, who's hosting it? Because he had he hadn't heard anything about a party that night or even that morning in Rock Castle. Mm -hmm. And so, like, keep in mind, this is a small town, you know, so like if there were a party, Jared would probably know about it. Everybody would know about it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Or at least know who was throwing a party in Rock Castle or, you know, someone that would be close enough that Brooke would go to this party, you know, at 6 a.m., you know? Yeah. And so Jared asks, you know, who are you who are you going with? And he never received a reply, um, which would make it the last text message sent from Brooke's phone to this day. Oh, my. Like. I don't know. And I don't know Jared and I don't know his mind and thought process. And I get it. Like, you know, you're at an age where you're at work and you might not feel comfortable asking to leave and all that. But that type of text message, I would I would be on my way. In 545, if you got off at six, I would fucking bounce. That's 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> OK. <laughs> yeah. Well, and even I would have bounced at the first text where she said, please, I'm begging you. Like, it, yeah, I no agree. job is worth someone being that scared and depending on you. And someone that that they loved, because even though they were broken up, all of the reports that I read and the podcasts that I listened to, it sounded like Brooke and Jared had like a really good relationship, regardless of the fact that they were broken up. So if I loved mm-hmm. someone and they were begging me to come get them, I would fucking go get them. Yeah. Well, and that's that too. Like that shows how mature both of them are because I never had that experience in high school. Absolutely not. So the maturity level of their relationship went well beyond like an 18 year old's relationship. And I will say like now that you've mentioned it, it is kind of fishy and I don't really know what Jared was doing. You know, that... The only time that I know about his whereabouts or his opinions are during these text messages. But it is weird. Mm -hmm. Like, you would think he would have gone to Jay's even after Brooke said, oh, I'm not going to go just to be like, hey, what the fuck happened? Like, who did she leave with? Did she drive? You know, I would think he would probably still go over there. Yeah. Well, and I mean, again, no job is worth risking a loved one. And if you like every job should be understanding of that. And if you work somewhere that's not understanding of that, you need a new job. Yeah, this whole thing is kind of fishy. Now that you and I are talking it out, it does seem kind of weird. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, again, I don't know, Jared and hindsight. All of this stuff is hindsight. But that one would be really hard to ignore. I agree. And so, you know, the the idea is that Brooklyn probably for sure sent the text saying I'm scared however do we think that Brooklyn actually was the one to send the text about this party in Rock Castle County a hundred percent no exactly yeah right like she who she most likely didn't send that text so who had her phone 
Well, and you said that a lot of it seemed like she was trying not to seem like she was on her phone. You know, the one where she's like begging, clearly Mm -hmm. it was a little bit more articulate. So either the person who was scaring her wasn't in the room or she wasn't in the room with the person. Mm -hmm. But you go from one worded responses most of the night and they're very quick and they're very just to the point I am like scared. And then you get like a never mind. Like, no, that comes that's coming from someone who's a who's a dumbass who hangs out with 18 year olds when they're over age and who thinks that everyone's just going to call it good and be like, Oh, you said it was okay. Exactly. I remember I said, Jay's a fucking dumbass. So this is all most of what this retelling is, is from his account, but he's stupid. So. (laughs) Well, and how frustrating for her family that the retelling is from the person who was last like with your daughter and your sister and your granddaughter and what like with your last Mm -hmm. like they were the last person with your family member and it doesn't make any fucking sense oh just wait the frustrations will get worse beautiful so like i said brooklyn had plans to meet up with her friends um that next morning which was saturday and they were going to go to a car show at 9 a.m when Brooklyn didn't show up, her friends obviously were calling her and inquiring about her whereabouts. I actually read that the police saw that Brooklyn's phone had over 1,000 phone calls on that Saturday of people looking for her. Oh, my God. So this is not normal. <laughs> no, yeah. And and I just, like, think about that. 1,000 phone calls about people making sure that she was okay. Yeah. Like, she was very loved. Mm-hmm. Well, and that goes to show, too, like, things started to feel off for people, and unfortunately, it probably started to feel off a little too late. Yeah, I agree, which is just weird, because like you said, this whole thing is fishy. I would have felt off about it when she started sending me scared texts. Oh, yeah. I would have done, like, if you and I were in this situation. I would have woken my mother up. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Exactly. Like, I would have done anything to get to you when I was 18 if you were saying that you were... Yeah so scared and you were begging me well I remember back you know I had my first boyfriend like big boyfriend breakup and we had been together for a while your mom drove you to my house in a snowstorm (laughs) like Mm -hmm. we had exactly literally a snow day and we didn't have school for multiple days because of how much snow we got and your mom in her Mustang at the time (laughs) drove you over to my house and that was for a breakup like that's something too like as a child the parents of your friends love you just as much as your friends do and I if I would have woken my mom up in the middle of the night saying hey I got these weird text messages my mom would have jumped at the opportunity and she would have called the like people would have been called that needed to be called like it does it wouldn't have mattered what time it was my mom would have just wanted to make sure like my friend was okay I know. And and like, it, I really am not trying to shame Brooklyn's no, family no. or anything like that. Again, because this is all hindsight yes. or, you know, whatever, 2020, whatever that fucking saying is. It's just fishy. Like now that you and I are talking it over, it is just weird mm-hmm. how things ended up, you know, happening. Yeah. So many things went wrong, unfortunately. And that's exactly what a person needed to be able to make this happen with Brooklyn yeah but it always has to be like the perfect storm for these situations Mm -hmm. everything has to line up in this crazy perfect manner for these things to actually happen yeah which is so unfortunate when it does happen that way 
So Paige and some of the other people who were at the party um, on Redlick Road connected the dots and figured out that Brooke had left the party with Jay. Um, When Paige reached out to Jay to ask what happened, all that Jay said was that he left around 6 a.m. that morning because Jared was coming, was going to come over and he felt uncomfortable being there, you know, because Jared and Brooklyn were exes. But aren't Jay and Jared supposed to be friends? Right. So per Jay, he left at 6 a.m. to go feed the horses that he was in charge of. So Paige is like, okay, hangs up, you know, whatever. And they continue looking and asking around about Brooke. Jared told the family about the text at this party that was supposedly to take place in Rock Castle, um, which they, so they were like, oh, okay, well, this is like a decent lead. And so they're asking around, trying to figure out who had this party and nobody knows about a party in Rock Castle County, not a single person. To either happen on Friday or Saturday. Everyone's like, I have, n- I've never even heard of this. Jay calls Paige later that day and is like, you know, I'm actually really worried about this and Brooklyn hasn't shown up and I'm just starting to panic. And so Paige is like, well, like, yeah, I mean, I understand you're concerned, but like, why? Why are you so worried? You don't really know Brooklyn. We don't really know you, which is kind of weird because it's a small town. Um, And so she's like, so like, why are you so concerned? Hmm. And Jay goes, well, I'm looking at Brooklyn's bag. Like her purse is still here. Her shoes are still here. All of this stuff is still here. So I'm starting to get worried. So he's (laughs) he's trying to. Set. I mean, I know, allegedly, allegedly, he's trying to set it up to be like, whoa, he never showed. He's putting it on Jared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, why is her stuff still here? I'm I'm super worried. And that's a good that's a valid point. I didn't think about the fact that he was maybe saying, oh, well, Jared was supposed to come here. And all of a sudden mm-hmm. and I was uncomfortable with Jared coming. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't put those two together. So that's a good point. See, this is why it's fun to talk about these cases with two people because you can get Mm -hmm. different outlooks on it. Um, Yeah. Either way, he's trying to distance himself from being the last person to ever see Brooklyn. Well, and that's like an immediate red flag, because in my opinion, why wouldn't um, Jay be like, oh, well, her like her stuff is still here, but like I left at six. So if you can't find her, that's weird. Like, wouldn't you think that's what he would have said? Yeah. And so that's a red flag. But the biggest red flag is that everybody in Brooklyn's life knows that Brooklyn did not go anywhere without her purse and her Mm -hmm. bag and her purse are there. Um, It's almost to the point Tasha said, her older sister said that, Brooklyn would even like take her purse to the bathroom if she was at somebody's house because she didn't want to leave it sitting there. She had this like really weird like safety blanket type deal with her purse. Mm-hmm. And if she's a girly girl, so I'm assuming she's got like lots of makeup and brushes and things mm-hmm. like that in her bag. So if she's going to a party, wouldn't she want to take that? Yeah. I don't know. So it's all it's all just weird. Um, oh, and so Paige is like okay, so the bag is still there. Well, can you like look in it and see if like her phone or her wallet or anything is in it? And Jay goes, well, I mean, I would, but I'm looking at this stuff through a window of my house. I'm sorry. It's your house. Go inside. You are not breaking and entering. (laughs) 
So, so Paige is like, what? So then Jay goes, well, yeah, my house actually burned down this morning. But her purse and her bag are fine and I can see them and understand what they are. But like, why the fuck wouldn't you say on the first phone call, hey, my house fucking burned down. I'm so sorry about your sister, but like, I'm busy. I have things to do. (laughs) How do you not say my house was in a, my house caught fire after your sister was like, how do you not fucking say that in the first conversation? Uh, Well, and. So, like, don't you just think that's relevant information to give? <laughs> well, yeah, including since this is the last place that your your sister was alive. Well, I shouldn't say alive, but the last place your sister was seen, and yeah, it's up in flames. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, oh, yeah, casually, my house burnt. You know, is on fire. Sorry, that's why I can only see her shit through a window. And through the chaos and through the devastation of losing my home in a house fire, I can recognize her bag and it's in there and it was never taken out. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> oh mm-hmm. my God. Fishy. Are stupid. Like I said, Jay's, Jay's a dumbass. So whether he's guilty of anything or not, he is a dumbass. Point <laughs> yeah, blank. That he is guilty of. <laughs> That like At Judge Judy would be like, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Sentenced, close the books, throw it at him. <laughs> and so like naturally the family's like, uh, the fuck? And so they head over there. Um, and sure as shit, everything is found in the house, including Brooklyn's shoes and her wallet and her bag. Everything was there, but her cell phone was missing. Was the house on fire? <laughs> No, and so what they found out, (laughs) there was a fire. Okay. (laughs) You're laughing. There was a fire. Okay. And there was significant damage done to the home. Okay. However, the damage that was the most significant, his he had a couch in the living space that was like fucking torched. Like it was burned to crisp. And so that's where the fire started was on this couch. Okay. Which is fishy because how does a fire start when you have no fucking power? What is there to start the fire in the first place? A person. Besides a person. <laughs> and so it sounds like I don't I kind of heard some like I saw two different stories in regards to this. It sounds like the fire department was definitely there when the farthings showed up at the house. Okay. But I heard, I read one report that Jay didn't report the fire until like later in the day, way after the fact that he should have. <laughs> um, but I also heard that he did call the fire department in the morning and that they were aware of the fire when Paige spoke to Jay on the phone earlier that day when he said, oh, yeah, I left at six. You know, so I just kept, I don't I don't know exactly when the fire department was called. But it was noted that it was at a weird fucking time. Like, it was reported after the fact. So, like, he got the fire out and reported it? Yeah. Like, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> God. All right. Also, so there was significant damage, but we we could still see Brooklyn stuff. Like, it was still recognizable. Yeah, which makes me... I mean, I'm wondering if it was just in a different mm. part of the house because, it, like, the living space where the couch was is where the most damage actually was. Okay, so her her items were not in the living space. 
maybe. I'm assuming, you know, okay. I, again, I'm not a journalist. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't dig too hard for, <laughs> I mean, I listen to a lot. I feel very <laughs> confident talking about this, but. But yeah, it's just like all kind of just weird. Exactly. Yeah. The whole thing is fishy for sure. Mm-hmm. So search parties looked around the home, you know, they did everything since that was the last place that she was seen alive and they found nothing. Brooklyn's phone um, did ping about 30 miles from Jay's house in Blue Lick, which I don't know what that is. I don't know why everything is a lick in Kentucky. (laughs) Red Lick, Blue Um, Lick. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, as we know, those pings don't tell you exactly where the person is. It Mm -hmm. just gives you like a, you know, an idea of where it was pinged from. So they never actually found anything from those. Hmm. And so something else just that I wanted to bring up, Blue Lick is in Lincoln County. So unless this party in Rockcastle County moved, it's likely that she was never actually in Rockcastle County. Oh, my. So her. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So like the only other location besides Jay's house has nothing to do with where she supposedly is. Just something else to add to the fact that it's fucking weird that 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 text was sent out. And it. Oh, sorry. (laughs) No, I I was just going to say. And so the only like really relevant thing is that her phone pinged there. Mm -hmm, Exactly. Hmm. Um, So police did question Jay, but nothing came out of it as far as I know. Well, as far as I know, nothing did come out of it because that's why I'm not using his full name. (laughs) He was never arrested. Um, And but I do know that his story changed a little bit when he talked to the police. Um. So he did say that he felt uncomfortable about being there with Jared and Brooke, but he added that when he left his house, um, Brooke was sitting on the couch smoking a cigarette, the same couch that started this fire. So now he's going to blame her for starting a big ass fire in his house. Mm-hmm. So it's like, so is he setting up this story that like Brooke started this fire and then fucking bailed and is on the run and that's why no one can find her? Or is he saying like, well, that's how she's hurt. That's why you can't find her because she got hurt in this fire. You know, like, why add that to the story? Yeah. Well, and like, it, it's kind of like <laughs> he's telling a story and coming up with things and then trying to cover them as he comes up with them. He's guilty of something. And so he's just trying to, how can I avoid eyes being looked at me? Oh, well, she was on this couch smoking a cigarette. You know, that's why this couch caught fire in my house that has no power. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, and like that, that's well, the sister, it all starts with the sister being like, can you go like, see if her phone is there? Oh, no, I can't go in my house. Why can't I go in my house? Well, there was a fire. Why was there a fire? Well, someone lit a cigarette on the couch. Like, (laughs) unless the couch is like doused in like lighter fluid that that's not going to like. I mean, I'm not a firefighter, so I could be wrong. So don't listen to me if you want to start a couch fire. But I would assume <laughs> that a cigarette... Don't start couch fires. <laughs> <laughs> but I can assume that a cigarette is not going to, like, send something up and... Like, it'll burn holes in the couch. But it's unless she's m- smoking, like, a big, fat Cuban cigar, like, <laughs> there's not a lot of right. fire behind that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, the story doesn't make sense. And (laughs) spoiler alert, that's where it ends. I mean, there has never (laughs) been a sighting of Brooklyn. Um, They still to this day have no idea where she is. 
so I mean that's where it sits and it's just fuck it's just a weird story and not a lot of it makes sense now that you and I are talking it out most (laughs) of it doesn't make sense well and where are the cops on this like so we talked to one weird guy and this like again we are not detectives we have not gone to the schooling that detectives need to go to and we are seeing holes in this story like yes i know you need evidence but like where 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 are they continuing to go if this is where it ends yeah i mean i think the case is still open and what's even weirder is that it sounds like tasha's husband is a deputy sheriff for madison county which is where she lived. So it's like you would think they would definitely want to get this solved. Well, yeah, because someone in their force is affected by this. I, yeah, I don't. It's just it just sounds suspicious. And I mean, I want to end the story um, on a quote that uh, Brooklyn sister said, because I just it's something something that's important to remember when you listen to these cases about true crime or missing persons. These are people, right? She's more than mm-hmm. just a name. She's more than just someone who liked hunting and wearing makeup. She mm-hmm. was so much more than that. And we just can't articulate it because we didn't know her. And so I just, I want to describe her more because she's so much more than just a few paragraphs that I had to describe her. Yeah. So Tasha was quoted to say that Brooke would do anything to help anyone. She had the sweetest, deep, long country sounding voice one that you can only find in Kentucky. Not a day goes by. I don't wonder about her. It's just, it's just terribly sad. Um, mm-hmm. Brooklyn was last seen on June 22nd, 2013 on Dillon Court in Berea, Kentucky. She was 18 years old and is a white female. She's approximately 5'1", with blonde hair, brown eyes, and was last seeing a gray FFA shirt and light blue jean shorts. Um, I'm going to have all of that posted in the description, you know, because this is an open case. So maybe if you know anything or if you're hearing this, that's how we get these cases solved is getting all the information out there. So, Well, and something too, you know, I'm a nosy Nelly and I like to know information, but her Facebook page is not for that. Her Facebook page is for people who were in Kentucky at the time, you know, that can actually help with the case. So, you know, you can always go pay your respects, but those things are being used as a way to try to find her. So just, you know, be respectful. Don't reach out to the family. Don't, you know, do all the things that you want to do because you're curious. Only, you know, do that if you have any way to help this family. Exactly. Like, what is that case? Um the Delphi murders of those two girls, the Mm -hmm. lead detective on that has said, like, I'm done with the rumors. I don't want rumors. Like, I want facts. I want things that can be followed up on. You know, you may think you're helping by like, oh, I heard this. But in reality, Mm -hmm. you're you're potentially just wasting time and wasting a lead that could have gone to something important. Yeah. And I mean, if you look at it that way, too, with the Facebook page, as someone who has never been to Kentucky, while it intrigues me and I would love to see the remembrance and the love it for her, it's also one of those things where I would just be taking up space. Right. I mean, I liked it. I'm join- I am joined the page, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm just a lurker for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and that's okay too. Like if you want to lurk, you want to lurk. Like people are intrigued by things like this and all over the world, people are hoping that 
mysteries get solved and families get, you know, the peace that they're looking for. And that's okay. But just make sure, you know, you're doing it respectfully and not causing any issues with the case while you do it. Exactly. Yeah. It's just, it's just so heartbreaking. And, you know, I, I hope that one day her family gets that closure that I'm sure they just so desperately need to move on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I can't imagine how her parents, I know sisters, like everybody, but especially her parents are feeling because your goal in life is to never outlive your child. And no parent should have to outlive, you know what I mean? Like, it's just Mm -hmm. heartbreaking when that does happen. Yeah. And allegedly, if Jay had anything to do with this, this piece of shit should feel regret and remorse every day. And I'm sure he doesn't, but that would be what I wish upon him, allegedly. I will say he was arrested, um, I think it was in like 2017, um, for child pornography, so... Oh my, see, well, see, okay, again, why are old, older people hanging out at high school parties? Like, there you go. (laughs) Like, because they're predators. Yes. Like, just don't, don't hang around people like that. Yeah, just don't. And that's great. That's good. I'm glad that he had some sentencing and, you know, sometimes it happens. People years and years later come out with you know, answers and responses as to why they did things. And I hope that Brooklyn's family gets that someday. But what a piece of trash. Well, and it is kind of um, interesting, in my opinion, you know, when I did Jacob McKnight's um, story, who is also Mm -hmm. a unsolved missing case, um, the part, you know, the lead suspect in his was also arrested for pornography and is in jail, you know, now it's like, it's just interesting how these suspects end up in jail anyway. Yes. And that's true. It's just unfortunate that they don't end up in jail for allegedly what they allegedly for. (laughs) I'm going to say that till the cows come home. Allegedly. (laughs) Allegedly. Yeah. But that's the name of the episode. Allegedly. (laughs) Beautiful. I love it. (laughs) But seriously, like, I don't, I feel guilty if I accidentally cut someone off because I, you know, missed them in my blind spot. Like, I couldn't imagine Mm -hmm. have even just this Jay having information that is not adding up and not giving closure. Like, you know, anyone with a brain knows that he is lying about something, some things in his reenactment of what happened. How do you not have remorse to just be honest? Like, I mean, I guess that's the difference. I'm not a sociopath, so that's how. But Right. I was gonna I was gonna say you have no desire to hurt somebody so much, yeah. you know, to the point where they potentially die. So you don't have that. You don't like same with me, I you know, I can't fathom it, but that's because we're not terrible humans. Yeah, which sucks because, of course, the terrible humans are the ones that do the terrible things. And these families are left to learn how to move on without any closure and any understanding. Like, they don't even know where their daughter is. I know. It's just terrible. So, again, I'm going to put all of the information in the um, description notes about Mm -hmm. reporting tips if you have them. And, um, of course, there will be photos of Brooklyn on our Instagram and Facebook. So make sure you check those out. And yeah, 
Yeah. And just when you have a moment in the day, just send some good vibes, love, prayers, whatever you believe in to her family because they are going to continue to need it until the story is figured out. Exactly. You know, this was all unintentional because this episode was planned before we took our break. But I think (laughs) this is like the most perfect way to start season two. I don't know about you talking about victims and making sure that we are supporting the victims and not these serial killers. Yeah. Or killers at all. Yeah, I completely agree. Like we started this podcast as a way to bring awareness to victims. um, And that is exactly what I believe we continue to do. I know we throw in some fun paranormal stories and all that, but in the core of our goal, it is to bring awareness to these things and make sure we're focused on the victim and not the piece of shit that attacked or hurt these people. Exactly. Mm-hmm. What a happy accident on our part. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it, how it always lines up. <laughs> well, good job, Leslie. That was a very important case to bring up. Thanks. It it It's just such a weird case and it sounds so mm-hmm. solvable. And the fact that it's not is infuriating. Infuriating. Yeah. yeah. No, completely. I completely agree with that. So um, anyone with information, you know where to get it. We've said it a hundred times. So read our description notes mm-hmm. read read because eventually there will be a surprise in those <laughs> and always don't forget well i was about to jump straight to reviews we have so much more to talk about because i'm hoping mm. you have a clue i have missed your clues i'm so <laughs> looking forward to hearing I them i do have a clue and i can give it to you right now let me just unlock my phone give it to me give it to me All I have to say for our listeners and you is you better hold on tight, spider monkey. Oh my God. If we're talking (laughs) about Edward and Bella, I am psyched. (laughs) I knew you would get that one. (laughs) So of course, (laughs) it's a quote. It's not about Edward and Bella. So just think from there. (laughs) Okay. All right. Can you say it one more time? You and the listeners better hold on tight, spider monkeys. All right. So you better be holding on for the next two weeks until we find out what the crap that's about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also, you know, I know it's been talked about in the in that movie that that was a very douchey line. I felt very douchey saying it as well. <laughs> oh, I know. That's why I made you repeat it. Not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, man. So, yeah, we will uh, get back on track and this episode will come out. And two weeks after that, you will know what that clue means. I'm so excited. (laughs) Do you have anything else to add to the good people? You know, just keep listening. And if you like us, tell us. That's how we get better. Mm -hmm. So make sure you like and review i'm pretty sure you can review on other platforms now it's not just apple podcasts yeah i think you can so that would be great that helps us grow and we'll only you know um what's the word sometimes i think my brain has like a stroke and i forget <laughs> language um, I understand that. <laughs> like clearly, that's how we get uh <laughs> clearly in our <laughs> You know, this is our whatever number of lives. Clearly, English was not our first language, and it shows when Definitely. we forget how to speak it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we were mute. 
Maybe. Because <laughs> I don't have any other skills. I don't have any other language skills. <laughs> well, I, maybe we just haven't unlocked what that language was. <laughs> okay, let's go with that. <laughs> so anyway, you know what to do. You've heard the spiel. Just give us the love. We love you for it. Yes, we do. That's our episode for the day. Thank you, Leslie. Thank you. Thank you. We'll talk to you guys next time. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye. The Grim Mystics was written and produced by Amber Skribic and Leslie Gregg. Cover art was done by Leah Taylor. The Grim Mystics theme song was written and produced by Bear and Abby Golden. You can find us on Instagram at The Grim Mystics. You can also follow The Grim Mystics on Facebook at The Grim Mystics.